My name is Christina. I can't tell you who I really am, or the Yerks might find me. Maybe they already have. Their threat is invisible, but it is real. Can you tell them apart? Can you tell us apart? Minds at York. I'm Megan. My name is Alex. I'm Tim. And I'm Christina. Hello. 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 How's everybody doing this week? I am pretty good. I'm one. I'm, really, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I was just, I'm realizing I hate not having a script. Yeah, this is weird. I, I probably, I meant to ask a billion times, like, hey, is there like a method to this madness or do we just kind of <laughs> hop in and have a conversation? Because I can have a conversation, but I just do it. <laughs> That was Tim. He didn't answer. Yeah, I always wait. Why? <laughs> I don't I know. noticed it, that. It builds you, the drama, I you think. Need to, you need to break the tension. <laughs> Tim is our mysterious enigma. Uh, yeah. Tim likes to insert awkward pauses that Meg and I later remove. <laughs> yeah. That too. Which, by the way, a little frustrating that you'll keep taking them out. My my art, my masterpiece. <laughs> Tim's podcasting is like jazz. It's about the things he doesn't say. Oh, dear. Um, it's, it's audio interpretive dance. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the exact way that I would define my podcasting. We've, we've never that's... talked about it, but the entire time we record, Tim is in a unitard at a bar in front of a full mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, the fact that he doesn't have really terrible echo is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but the entire time, he is just leaping and jumping and spinning. Sometimes there are ribbons. Um, Megamorphs, too, he brought out Fire for for that kind of Cretaceous. Uh, Vibe. Yeah, you, yes. you don't get to see it at home, but Tim is actually just a He's poet on his in feet. the dinosaur outfits mm-hmm. that everybody sees and danced around in that for a bit. Yeah. I gotta mm-hmm. say, it's impressive. I didn't think Tim had it in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He usually manages to... to fit in a couple of like full splits during his recap <laughs> oh now y'all are gonna expect that during the recap aren't you just if we ever have a live show yeah <laughs> wait until the live show oh, oh. <laughs> that live show is gonna happen and i'm gonna do it and everybody's gonna look at me and be like what are you doing because nobody will remember this conversation <laughs> remember that time tim cracked his pelvis <laughs> I just actually had an image of Tim in a, a unitard. <laughs> just had an image of Tim in traction. <laughs> okay. So for anybody who, for whatever reason, doesn't listen to the end of our podcast, Christina created our show arts. She's also a big Animorphs fan. So we are so excited to have you on this week. Very excited to be here. And I just waved at the camera, even though no one will see that. So <laughs> I felt it. like... I feel it. The vibe is there. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you picked a great book to come on. There are plenty of things to talk about. Yeah, I was rereading it, and I think it's my favorite besides the Andalite Chronicles. So, like, the the coincidence of it being the one I got to come in on was, like, magnificent. <laughs> That's amazing. So, what is your history with Animorphs? Well, um, the way I remember it is I, I didn't have friends. I had books. So, I read everything available at the library, and eventually the young adult, like, that whole genre I just read out of because I lived in a small town so I kind of backpedaled into younger stuff and that's when I read like R.L. Stein. I read Stephen King 
King before I read R.L. Stein. That's a different conversation. So then I <laughs> fell into Animorphs, but the only copy they had was Andalite Chronicles. And I remember like reading it four times in a day and crying every time I, I perceived Elfanger doing this great sacrifice of giving up the ones he loved to save them. Uh, reading it now, it's like it wasn't that big a sacrifice. He seemed pretty chill about it. But <laughs> that moment, the way I initially perceived it stuck with me. And yeah, so I went, later went back and read all the books and am rereading them now. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And which one's your favorite character? That's I love them all so much in different ways. I think I relate to Axe, Tobias, and Cassie the most of all of them. Not in any particular order. <laughs> <laughs> We've already got our Andalite on the show. You're okay. Yes. <laughs> so what did everybody, what did everybody think of the book? This, we read this, The Departed. This book drove me to quit the podcast Why? and leave the yes. group. Why? It's a very sad few days. Yeah. Mostly thematic parallels. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, pretty much all thematic parallels. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't really it's... any other reasons. I just, I ate mushrooms and didn't hang with the group. What's crazy is Tim actually ate mushrooms and yeah. no, none it's... of us understood. Portobello jerky. I read the book before everybody else and never, I sent him a picture of it and everybody was like, what is that? About two in the morning I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't hit me until he mentioned it again. Yeah, about yeah. ten minutes ago I went, oh. <laughs> which is which is nice, you know, that I went that far for my my craft yeah, and it was wasted. Point. Tim will do yeah. anything for Minecraft, <laughs> but he won't do that. Hey, yeah. Wait, what's that? Um, <laughs> a song reference. Meatloaf. Oh. God, I love meatloaf. Um, do you put mushrooms in your meatloaf, Tim? I will from now on. Tim, I can never eat at your house. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't you don't want the mushroom meatloaf? No, I can't do mushrooms. They're good at what they do and that is decaying already <laughs> dead organisms. I don't want to eat that. They're a good source of potassium. I don't like potassium. You know what else is a good source of potassium? potassium. Bananas. I don't no, like bananas. <laughs> exactly. This podcast like is a very strong anti-banana stance. No, we're not. Most no, we're of not. Us. Yeah, yeah. Wait, we have. A, I like bananas. I'm, I'm a firm, firm. I stand firmly on the side of bananas. Thank you. My, my. The thing that blows me away is that there's like seven billion people on this planet, and two of which don't like bananas, and they're both on this podcast right now. <laughs> yes, we are two of Three. the seven billion Jenna... people who don't like bananas. No. <laughs> I think Jenna also doesn't. Does like my bananas. dog count? Because she doesn't like bananas either. <laughs> I think she's a person. <laughs> and her name is Soylent Green. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm naming my next dog. Yes. Next dog. And that'll only take like six weeks for Tim to get another dog. <laughs> that's true. I'm going to yell that at every dog park across the <laughs> land. What's your dog's name? Soylent Green is people. <laughs> oh, no. you, you have to set it up as a conversation part. Why is your dog named Soylent Green? Because she thinks she's people. <laughs> It's a multi-part exchange. Oh, do you dear. remember that? Do you remember we had a conversation a while ago, Alex, about how your references were way older than you are? Yes, because you're the only person I've ever had that particular conversation <laughs> with. I'm just saying. Fraser Crane thinks my references are too old and stilted. <laughs> Still don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.
Somebody said that about Stephen King books that that was that the, they're calling again. No, that they uh, the 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 references did not match the ages of the characters, and that was immediately what I thought was like, oh, Alex is a Stephen King character. There's a great Brooklyn Nine Nine episode where Terry has to pretend to be a child while they're doing drills at the um, the police station, and he's reading, and he's like, no kid would say this, and and the captain's like, I said this as a kid. So, <laughs> yet another reason, Alex, you need to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. I mean, I'm it's it's on my to do list. <laughs> I've kind of given up on Tim on this for right yeah, now. Yeah. Is is Karen in this book a Stephen King character? I kept waiting for Karen to complain to the manager. <laughs> the entire book. What manager? I don't know. It didn't matter. Any, any manager. She's named Karen. So she in is. your mind, Karen had blonde hair that like kind of came to here yes. in like a perfect looking bob. Yes. She, she was, was kind th- of orangey in tone. 35 and had two Oof. kids. <laughs> She's canonically like eight or something, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yes. <laughs> I don't really pay attention to details details like that. Them's important in this book. <laughs> uh, well, Tim, why don't you give us that good summary of details you did not keep up with? Okay, alright. Uh, halfway through this recap, I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. <laughs> um, okay, book 19, The Departure. The gang wants to save a controller at a sharing event. Cassie rips out a hork throat. She quits the Animorphs and the Animal Clinic is losing funding. Cassie maybe sees something in the woods. Cassie is serious about quitting. The gang isn't happy. Cassie saves a redhead named Karen from a black bear. And Karen saves Cassie from a river. Oh, and Karen is a yerk. Karen has a hurt ankle and really causes Cassie to admit she can morph. Cassie sees a deer in a tree, a sign that an escaped leopard is near. The leopard finds Karen. Cassie morphs a wolf to save her. Cassie and Karen spend several chapters in the woods learning about each other. Karen tells Cassie that there are good yerks that oppose the war and explains how yerks gush down. Spoiler, it takes three to tango. (laughs) The leopard attacks and almost takes Karen. Marco shows up to help. Cassie hides the fact that Karen is a yerk. Marco finds out anyway. Marco isn't happy. Marco wants to kill the yerk at any cost. Cassie does the damn dumbest thing ever and lets the yerk in her brain. The yerk's name is Aftran942 of the Helt Simflat Pool, and she doesn't like to fight. She saw her brother killed by a morphed wolf. The yerk now knows it all and just left poor Karen and flew away. Aftran sees controllers headed to Karen and the Animorphs are headed to her as well. The yerk and Cassie discuss existence and fairness, and Cassie decides to be trapped as a caterpillar as a show of good faith. The next dumbest thing ever. (laughs) Jake takes the story over. The gang fights some human controllers. The gang finds Cassie a moment too late and wants to kill the Yerk. The leopard attacks and Marco throws it away. The gang doesn't kill the Yerk and Cassie becomes a butterfly. Cassie's morph clock has reset and she is human again. Karen's dad funded the animal clinic and the Yerk kept her promise. Cassie and Rachel buy new clothes. You know, you might say when Marco uh, tosses the the jaguar off it's a leopard the leopard off that uh marco's throwing away his spots you're reaching on that one a little bit i don't think i am <laughs> it's a there's an alex bar for reaching i don't know that that <laughs> one crossed it <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, each book, Alex usually tries to find what other piece of media this might be like similar to or, or borrowing from or whatnot. I, have any of y'all seen a movie called Enemy Mine? No. no. That's what I thought of this whole book. It's a, it's a fantastic movie if you're a nerd my age, I guess. I don't know if it really holds up. But it was uh, Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. about yeah, alien nice. races that get two, two guys from a different race who get trapped together on a planet and like they were from warring races. And it, that's exactly what I thought of this whole 
whole book. When did the movie come out? I don't know, like 80, early 80s, probably. Okay. I thought you were going to say 80 years ago, and I was like, that's <laughs> as old as my favorite movie. No. Um. <laughs> What's your favorite no. movie, then? I was about to ask. Now I'm curious. Yeah. The, the Lon Chaney Phantom of the Opera from, like, 1930? I mean, that is a... Like- good movie it's not i i still hate though they changed the ending because it's the closest adaptation we have to the book yet cough um (laughs) (laughs) this is a subject i'm very passionate about and we should cut off right now (laughs) so i shouldn't ask you how you feel about the sequel (laughs) there's a lot of politics involved there so we really need to not be there Are you telling me that a musical adaptation of a book adaptation of, or a book sequel to a musical adaptation of a movie of a book is not good? Um, I believe that is exactly. Uh, listen, I love Love Never Dies, but it's trash. It's it is such trash. It's such it is trash. such trash. And what I love is that when <laughs> Hamilton was on tour, you had to buy season passes to go see it. And this is another musical that was part of that. And I just I laughed for a long time because goddamn they put one of the worst musicals in there. I mean, it would have been like great if it was like that plus Cats. And I would have been like, man, they are making you suffer. To go okay, see Cats is also suffering. I was about to say, that wouldn't be great. That would be worse. No, it was great as in like suffering. I saw Cats recently. I'm I have sorry. no idea how that's... This is, this is the part where I just kind of... <laughs> and then like drink from my straw like I know what everybody's talking about. Here, Cats. I'll make an out-of-date reference to bring Tim into the conversation. Zoo Billy <laughs> Zoo, but they dance more. Oh. I don't know what that is. What? <laughs> no, he's speaking my language now. This is what he does. Zubilee Zoo is the thing I showed you both pictures of at lunch the other day. Yes. Why on earth did Zubilee Zoo come up at lunch the other day? I don't remember why, and I don't remember this happening. I I don't remember why either. I remember the exact moment we, we found a Frieza pop figure, and I got very excited, but everything else... <laughs> <laughs> I also remember that you were playing Tetris, and so I downloaded Tetris and was like, no, this is a bad idea. It is I had a to bad delete idea. Tetris <laughs> very quickly. This is the shortest I've ever had an app, I think. <laughs> so, Tim, did yes. you really think Cassie was going to quit? Oh, no. Not now. Not with 40 more books remaining. What did you think when she got turned into a caterpillar? I wondered how she was going to get out of this one. <laughs> and uh, it, it, the butterfly logic was about as good as I thought it would be. You know what I'm saying? It's uh. like, oh, okay. That one's just that one sounds pull a Wilford kinda... Brimley and cocoon up. Yeah, yeah. Like your morph clock resets because you morphed. It's a natural occurring. It's a natural occurring morph. But how does the clock work on that? Does it yeah. like the moment you start morphing from caterpillar to butterfly? Because the moment she was in the cocoon, she would have been. That's when the clock was. It when she emerged or when she was done transforming? Because that would have been long before she broke out of the cocoon. Does anybody here know how <laughs> butterflies work? Because that's not it. It it it. it it sounds like when she comes out of the cocoon, but no, that's not how butterfly works. <laughs> not how butterflies. Wait, Axe might think this is a pigeon. <laughs> I also love that Axe was in human morph when all this happened. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> I love the conversation. Someone should probably tell her that she can morph. <laughs> well, she would if she could. Would she like <laughs> to stay in this form? <laughs> That's funny. 
so uh, my my issue with this book i mean all in all it's like so i got frustrated like at the individual points when cassie made these decisions i was like no this is terrible what you're doing but overall i like the book and i like the way that the story went it was just at I those loved... moments when i was like oh no so not your favorite no 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 not my favorite okay. i loved both the decisions she made and how much i knew it was going to make you mad as she made <laughs> Yeah, it does sort of track, doesn't it? Cassie's ability to troll you <laughs> from 20 years in the past is just magnificent. Oh, yeah, yeah, gonna have to. But my first issue, though, was not her decisions. My first issue was early on in the book when they're in the woods and Cassie says that she's not an expert on survival. And I was like, <laughs> I literally just called you Bear Grylls in the last book. Which just reinforces she learned from Miss Drizzle how to feel, Miss, Miss Frizzle how to field dress a triceratops. It's probably true. She was the one that, like, made fire and stuff. Like, she was absolutely an expert on survival, you know? I, I... And yet she couldn't figure out hey this is the direction the river flows let's go yeah right like you know where you were because you just came from there yeah you know that was the in this book she does say that the only other time she started a fire without a match was in the previous book yeah like that in the last book that was her first try and she got she rolled the d20 on that (laughs) (laughs) good good job cassie (laughs) she just used she burned an inspiration point to do it yeah (laughs) that's what the illamist is the illamist is whenever they need to burn an inspiration point. Oh, or is he just the DM? Both of these theories make sense. I have to do a very in-depth reading now. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think someone is trying to build like an Animorphs D&D kind of game and then, or uh, RPG and I'm very excited for them to finish. I would be very into that. Same. I mean, this is why I play Shifters in my Monday night game. It's a lot of fun. So my first note's on page two. Uh, Cassie says, I guess you call them evil. I always did. An evil race, an evil species. When are these books written? Like... 1998? No, thanks. <laughs> My point being, and like, what part of the timeline? Is it right after? Or is it like, them chronolo- chronicling? I don't know the word I'm supposed to No, I think, I think chronologically? Is that what we're going for? Or No. No? Okay. Chronologizing? I don't know. Basically, is this like, their diary as things happen? Or is this like, chronicling war yeah, okay. I did use the right words. Yeah, me. Um, or is it post-war talking? I don't know. I can't, like, I feel like there's just some books that it's like, are you a 60-year-old man looking back on your life? <laughs> Cassie's always been one to, like, think like that and kind of, kind of purple prose yeah. kind of language, which is probably why I like her so much. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I don't, I definitely love this book. Like, I'm looking at the spine and it's definitely quite broken. <laughs> I remain I'm... team Cassie and nothing will change this. I feel like I would be Cassie. Like, I want to be Rachel, but I just am Cassie. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing. Cassie books bring out my inner Marco. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I definitely wrote fuck Mar- Marco. <laughs> I was gonna say my first note was fuck Marco. My second <laughs> note was and Rachel. <laughs> I get Rachel's issues because Cassie is saying a lot of things that means that Rachel has to look in the mirror at herself and make some decisions and she's she's not wanting to do that. I think yeah. if Rachel feels that that is what Cassie is coming to, that's no, more I on Rachel she, than on Cassie. I don't think it is her thinking that Cassie is doing this, but I can understand a pre-teenage girl who cannot control her emotions, who may be becoming a killer, being like, you know, I'm not ready to face this in the mirror. She said a lot of things that she really 
relates to just now. And I wonder where she stops relating. Talking about me? Yeah. I'm not a pre-teenage girl. Well, I know, but you were. And then... I was, yes. So that's how time works. It just led right into, it led really easy right into killer. And I was like, well, how many people did she murder before she was a teenager? Well, three more after this call. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> no, I'm not ready to die. Unless I can be the ghost. I can be the ghost. The ghost is this is how you become my ghost. Yes! Wait, okay, Tim's this... already a ghost. How are you going no, to murder him? No, he's a co-ghost. Him? It's okay. She's okay. already Tim challenged me. ghost? She's challenged me to a ghost fight in the ghost pit. Yeah, for... we, have to, we have to meet See, in the Christina ghost pit. is going to come be the ghost in my apartment slash bookshop. You have not paid attention to Discord at all today. No, not at <laughs> yeah. all. Yeah. I found my fuck Marco. <laughs> <laughs> for a second, I thought you were going to... That ended with a period after fuck, and I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> you know how, you know how, like, in, in film and TV, the, the crazed prisoner just scrawls the same words over and over again inside their cell? Just imagine me standing in a cell covered in fuck Marco. <laughs> It's my happy place. <laughs> oh no. If I were the casting character, I don't think I would be, I would like resent Marco a lot. I'd just be like, yeah, he's living in his Marco bubble. I'm over here in my casting bubble. And I gotta be as understanding of that as possible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she definitely tries to force him to relate, you know. She does. She 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 throws down all the receipts, like. <laughs> and I will give him that at the end of the day, he does do the right thing <laughs> and throws away his spots. <laughs> I still don't know how that's a joke or why it's funny, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it on a Hamilton reference because he's uh, throwing away his shot? Yep. But it's just, oh. That's ah, it. I I that's it. why I'm saying it's not, it's, it's not your best. <laughs> I never said it was my best, but it definitely isn't my worst. <laughs> What's your worst? <sighs> I don't know, that, that Frasier tossed salad scrambled eggs thing earlier was pretty forced. It also didn't make sense to me, so. Don't worry. I know very little in this world. I'm still blown away that Zubali Zoo came up at lunch. You're surprised, like, really? The yeah. three of us? Well, like, if I had been there, at least Alex would have known that somebody was born early enough to know what Zubali Zoo is. I, mean, I know what it is, I just didn't watch it. <sighs> For years, I thought this show was a fever dream. It was in the context of my thinking it was That's a fever dream. That's what we were talking about, yep. Oh, right, yeah. And even yeah. my mother, who I remembered as a small child watching it with, could not remember it for years. Until finally, I'm pretty sure Griffin McElroy said something about it on an episode of Mabim Bam. That, or I just looked up, uh, 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 um... Fuck, what's his name? Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen's IMDb page. And saw, oh shit, that's what that show was called. It was one of those two things. I think I remember Ben Vereen from Webster, too. I think he was on Webster. Really, if you think about it, Zoobilly Zoo is just the precursor to Animorphs, though. If everyone were stuck halfway in a morph all the time. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. So let's talk about why Cassie quit. <laughs> I feel like she was just dealing with depression because she's yeah. like, I'm. I don't feel anything when we're doing these things. Like I actively murdered a guy today, and I didn't feel anything, and that's kind of scary. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's been there before, but like that's kind of <laughs> scary. I've not <laughs> murdered someone and then felt nothing, but I definitely remember the first time I had to go on birth control, like looking at my mom and being like, you could tell me I won the lottery and I'm not going to react at all. And I hate it. When I murder is the only time I do feel. <laughs> oh, um, that makes sense. Well, then you're the, you have the inverse problem. Imagine if you never <laughs> murdered anybody ever. It wouldn't feel great, would it? Because you wouldn't feel anything. <laughs> It'd be fine. What do you... <laughs> Listen, the... the, the... <laughs> 
the hell I live in is not feeling is not good. No, no, I make jokes because I understand. God, no. <laughs> Emotions are important, or so my therapist keeps telling yes. me. Yes. Christina's Even... just way too, like, on board with everything. <laughs> just... I took an improv class once. I know how to roll with shit. <laughs> it's like, murder? Good. Murder? Not murder? Also good. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. There's a flow Every... chart, and it's just yes and. <laughs> I'm laughing too hard to have a witty response. <laughs> Welcome to my issue half the time. The other half, I'm just not funny. That's fair. Or I didn't get the reference because I'm not an old soul. I think Cassie's an old soul and that's probably half her problem is that she's running around with a bunch of actual teenagers who've only been in this life <laughs> maybe twice. And she's like, guys, life is sacred. This is bad. And they're just yeah. like, we got to defend the planet. Who cares if we murder some aliens? And it's like... <laughs> Okay, yikes. <laughs> Such a dramatic reading of the text, Christina. <laughs> I'm very good at telling stories. <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen her. She did like the whole like actor look. Oh, did I? I was told that my visual aspects were the worst part of my acting, so. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Were, were you the one that said that, Meg? No, but I just, that's like a terrible. <laughs> I, I was like, that's a rough critique there. No, this was in like high school, huh? No. Are you kidding? I am like the most stilted actor ever. I cannot do it visually. We'll see if voice acting can actually be a thing, but um. Can I say um, that I really liked Karen? Like, like the yerk. Her yeah, thirty-five-year-old woman. Yeah, no, no, no. Like seriously, like I, the dialogue dialogue between that yerk and and cassie was really really good and at times like troubling she was very know. bad at pretending to be a child but yeah she laid down some real <laughs> banging lines the, uh, you're our meat that like that like changed the series for me when when she said that she's like you know how you eat cows well yeah same thing you're we our consume meat your like, oh. oink, oink, <laughs> it's a metaphor. yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> that was rough that was really heavy yep but i am very glad we finally got to a point where we can stop assuming the entire yerk species is evil. Like, I meant, there are factions in it that aren't. I had the vision of tiny yerks with tiny protest signs and like tiny sandwich boards and stuff. And Just little tiny like squeaks. Yeah, little little slogans that they were squeaking out chanting. <laughs> yeah. That's I know, and they were, and I'd be like, you know what? I like those yerks. Those are good yerks. <laughs> I feel like they're all caught in a system that they don't know how to resist. So for the most part, they all play along with it. And then there's the few that are like, this is bad. Why are we yeah. going with it? Yeah. And so, like, there's that gray area of like, I don't want to be doing this, but I gotta. And that's where most of the yerks lie. And then you've got like the viscer at the top, where like, no, this is great, guys. Yeah. When you're on top, <laughs> you're on top. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd have to imagine that a lot of those yerks probably haven't like infected anything like the way Aftran I think it was Aftran um, mm -hmm. was talking about once you have sight it sort of changes your opinion of, of the whole thing so maybe some of these like anti-war yurks or they just haven't experienced what some of the the, the want to take over yurks have or maybe they just well, believe in consent that's the maybe thing, is that it's maybe. not necessarily that they're agreeing to never enslave it's that they more agree to enslave those that are willing yeah, absolutely not enslave make a partnership whatever you want to call it yeah yeah. 
I'm kind of mad because I had conceived of a kind of big plot lo- plot point of the Andalierman Chronicles <laughs> that had something to do with that. And it's like, well, now I can't do that because it'll look like I'm ripping them off. Shoot. You should still do it. I should. You can I'm make not. it your own. Also, you might want to tell everybody what the Andalierman Chronicles are. Oh, right. I had a fever dream where I was a genetic mix of Andalite human and yerk. And then I was like, well, I'm going to write a fan fiction based off that dream. And it almost doesn't at all remember or resemble, sorry, Jesus, the dream I had, but it takes that premise of the genetic coagulation in in mind. That's what it does. So um, the whole partnership between a yerk and a a willing host is like kind of a big point later in this theoretical fan fiction. (laughs) You should still do it. One day I will. I started writing it and then life happened, so. Yeah, I guess we never get a yerk chronicle, which is a little We don't? I don't think so. There's a Vizzer Chronicle, but it's not about like the beginnings of the Yerks. I don't think. I actually, it's been a long time since I've read Vizzer Chronicle. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't remember a point where it's like, here's how we found our first host. Because, like, did someone fall in and they're like, hey, I can crawl into that. Didn't we get a version of that that was basically just like, then one day a Ged walked too close to this body of water they were in and... Yeah. I thought we all agreed they were going to be called Jeds. Did we not agree on that? Uh, only I the ones who Jed? find oil and move to Beverly Hills. <laughs> um, that's a good one. I, I know you have that look on your face, Christina, but that's a good one. I don't get it. Jed Clampett, <laughs> the lead character, or the, the, the patriarch of the Beverly Hillbillies. I, she still They're doesn't. Say more words. I don't know. <laughs> it was a TV show. Let me tell you all a tale about a man named Jed, poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed. Then one day he was searching for some food and up, come from, up from the ground came a bubbling brood. Oil, that is. Black gold, Texas tea. Next thing you know, well, Jed's a millionaire. Ken Folk said, Jed, move away from there. So he packed up the truck. Uh, uh, he said, California is the place he ought to be. So he packed up the truck and they moved to Beverly Hills, that is. Swimming pools, movie stars. Can we legally have that in the sub? <laughs> that was That's... my interpretation. So I'm going to say fair use. Yeah. Also, it, it's got to be in the public domain by now. It's like 800 it's years not. old. It's <laughs> There's a car. Oh, no, it stopped. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I heard and I was like, that can't be from here. No, it's, <laughs> it's my window's open. It's hot. So. Oh, I feel that. I've one. got the door open in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Before we start talking about how uh, Yerks procreate, let's see. I'm surprised you're even going to let us talk about it. We have to. Yeah. It was a big part of the book, not them actually procreating. <laughs> but we learned a lot about Yerks this book. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a ton before that other yeah. than, you know, Karen and Cassie talking have we established what karen and cassie talking is karen's a little girl who followed cassie i guess that would have been in tim's summary yeah yerk in her head i did highlight where karen snorted now i know you're an andalite typical andalite arrogance the only race in the entire galaxy that makes war to help people and i was like oh that's so not true (laughs) very not true also i feel like the elemist falls into that into that because even though he she they all of them whatever they are if they're a multitude or singular even if they are just trying to help people, they do have like that secret private war going on. Yeah. And in Aftran's defense, she does. They do say that they don't know much about Earth just in general beyond what uh, Karen knows. And I imagine Karen, as an approximately eight-year-old, doesn't have a lot of background in geopolitical conflict. I would hope no. not. I mean, considering she looks at the gorilla and goes, "Ooh, curious George." Exactly. So, you're gonna kill me with a monkey? Are you stupid? 
I feel like if Karen knew swears, Aftran would have sworn a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that this is a Yurk that's never been in another human's brain. Quite a bit of innocence. All right, let's talk about Yurks procreating. So when three Yurks love each other very much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's weird is at one point Karen says something about how her parents are going to be upset. And I went, oh, so her parents are hosts and this is why this child is, is the controller. Yeah. But that's not what she meant. But also, what did she mean? Broodmates, I guess. I mean, the leftovers of her parents. I, I think she was talking about Karen's parents. Like, Maybe. because when you're when you're living a lie, it's hard to separate yourself from the lie when you, even when you're talking about it outside of it. So, like, if you're putting on this act of being a certain character, if you have, if that character has relationships, then even when you step outside that character's roles, it's hard to not still relate to the the roles of the people around that character. So, like, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> So like that that dot. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Welcome to podcasting. Yeah. You're doing great. Oh, I'm good. I'm so glad because I'm like I talk very bad. I don't know why you want me here. <laughs> I'm so glad you do, but I don't know why. <laughs> So when three Yurks love each other very much, right? they fuse but, into one mass and then release a bunch of grubs. And sometimes two of those grubs split and become twins, a fact that I'm sure we get specifically because Visser 3 has a twin who is a cannibal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's dead? Who's... We don't Did know he that. Die? Oh, no. here we go again. She just threw that in to get <laughs> at us. I don't think he died. I don't no. think... Oh, oh, you don't think he died. We huh? have not habeas the corpus. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think he died. I don't remember that far back. My memory is not very reliable, so I could be very, very wrong. I think he's in hiding somewhere from his brother and from Jake. Probably mostly his brother. Let's be honest. Because Jake... But I don't think he's dead. (laughs) They also have great sense of smell. (laughs) Smell. They have the great sense of smell. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) I'm not even gonna say it again. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, Good sense of touch. They can hear and communicate. They just can't see. Which brings me to, how did none of them notice, was it Rachel who fell into the pool a couple of books ago and hid out there under the dock? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, as a bat or something? Yeah, as a bat. Shouldn't they have noticed her if they're, you know, good at smell and pick up vibrations and touch and all of that? But she didn't enter the, wa- enter the water, did she? No, she did. She was underwater hiding out under the pier. Maybe I they, mean, they may have she known was she one was... of them. Yeah, they may have known she was there, but her ear holes are too small. Didn't yeah. she unmorph and morph into something else to get out? Yes. No, I, I don't but that remember. was definitely mm-hmm. under the pier and above yeah. the water. Yeah. Okay. They don't jump out of the water. That's fair. Do we know they don't jump out of the water? I feel like it would have come up. I feel like like when they were at the yurk pole, it would have been like, hey, see the yurks? They jump. That's (laughs) that's even grosser. I guess they have to, they don't shove the heads underwater, do they? No. They do. Do they? they, Like, I don't have it on me. I didn't make a note or anything, but like, I just remember Jake's head was underwater. Cassie Cassie said they'd force her, like, there was like this very dramatic bit where she was like considering whether or not to kill Karen, and she's like, all my friends uh, led down that pier, their heads forced underwater, and mobilized and then they okay, wouldn't yeah. be them anymore or something 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 like that uh, so i'm pretty sure yeah when you they don't they don't do the they're not dolphins <laughs> <laughs> maybe not have the pinpoint accuracy to leap from water into ears <laughs> 
That'd be pretty impressive. What if, hang on though, what if Yerks were tiny dolphins? I don't think anyone would have a a problem accepting a tiny dolphin into their brain. Yerk me closer, (laughs) tiny dolphin. I would still have an issue with them in my brain, but I would keep one as a pet. (laughs) (laughs) We did break Christina. Oh no. It's not hard to do. Also, Tim, you had it in your summary. What was the name of Aftran's mating brood or whatever that she hatched from? The Het Simplet Pool. Am I the only one who read that and thought Herpes Simplex? Yep. 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 Okay. You sure are. <laughs> yeah, you are. No, okay. I can't relate. <laughs> I mean, not saying I relate, just <laughs> that is where my brain went. I'll say something and now I totally lost it. Was it Fuck Marco? <laughs> no, I'm not quite there yet. Oh. You want to know my secret cap? I'm always at Fuck Marco. I forget that like a Yurk and Tarina head hurts. Like I now remember, you know, Jake talking about having a headache and some pain. But like, I don't know. It just never occurred to me that like getting a Yurk in your head is going to hurt. I mean, that cannot be good for the intracranial pressure. No. Yeah. I mean, I... if the weather changes, my head hurts. Yeah. They secrete a chemical to make it numb though, so that it doesn't hurt as much but you can still feel it going on and then that's the part that made it really awful for me when she compares it to the dentist and i was like no no i I want no part of this i imagine it's like have you ever like sat in your guys's leg for too long and they did that static thing yeah yeah i imagine it's kind of like that where you can kind of still feel that you're stepping on your foot but like the exact details are kind of like what (laughs) and it's like not comfortable i imagine it's something like that yeah that just doesn't sound fun no it doesn't and people voluntarily sign up this. Well, they want the prestige of it. I don't think they realize they're, they're gonna, like, find away their whole free will and all that. They're just like, yeah, I'm gonna be in this cool club with a brain slug. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing creepy club. about a club called the sharing. <laughs> no, not at all, because sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. That's it. We sharing figured it out. We cracked the code, you guys. <laughs> Perfectly done. That's it for this episode. We have to stop there. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for showing up. We'll accept your money in the boxes at the back. <laughs> oh, God. So we get some different reactions to what Cassie does in this book. And apparently Tim is Marco and just yep. hates it all. Yeah. Um, Axe is really kind of quiet, as I think someone says, this is human business. Yeah. He'll just do whatever Prince Jake tells him to. Yeah. Which I think shocked the Yurt quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Tobias was nice and chill. Yeah. Tobias's reaction, I totally forgot about for some reason I just always assumed he sided with Marco and Rachel but he does not he's still got a good heart despite you know eating mice I don't think eating mice changes you I think it's just the morals of eating mice that changes you I mean I was just not gonna call him a bird but he's a bird <laughs> but he bird. is a bird it'd be I don't know it'd be strange to not call him a bird because he inhabits a bird body <laughs> I don't know look if he walks like a duck and he quacks <laughs> like a duck he's a red-tailed hawk <laughs> Okay, but like, there's but there's got to be a bunch more qualifiers for what makes a duck slash in red-tailed hawk. <laughs> does so, it, I guess like, that's the thing is that it's still him having more of a humane side when he doesn't necessarily have to. Also, a duck if it is made of wood, if it weighs as much as a witch, and if it floats. I know that reference. Insert <laughs> GIF of Steve Rogers. I was about I know to that say, one. You're Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the time this episode comes out, that movie is all over the place. Yep. By the time this episode comes out, I won't have to put up with everyone 
on the internet, and by everyone on the internet, I mean like every nerd culture website, guessing at fucking everything that happens in the movie constantly for years. They've been doing it forever, and it just, oh, it drives me I cannot wait. Do you guys not curate your internet experience? I was about to say the same thing. I mean, I do, but also I do a comics podcast and have to read comics news sites. Well, that is fair. That's valid. I get that. You you can't, if you're doing that, if you're doing a critique thing, you can't limit yourself to one side because you're biased. I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday. Tomorrow I've got rehearsal. Friday morning I'm seeing it. So I'm just basically going to stay off the internet tomorrow and tomorrow night. That's fair. I'm seeing it at 6 p.m. tomorrow. So I do. I'm hoping for Sunday. I, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to see it this weekend. And if anybody tells me anything about it, I'll... I mean... I do have one friend who's seen it already. I have several that have. Apparently Steve Rogers and Tony Stark get married. Oh, I could... You know you know what, though? Actually, mm, I don't know. Those Steve and Bucky shippers are not going to be happy happy about that no which is no apparently one's gonna like be happy those... the number one ship of marvel is yeah. Stephen bucky you know that's that's like whenever i go on twitter i can't go like yeah. five tweets down the line before there's another cap and bucky listen tim's really curated his well no i i don't that know how politics, to curate anything let's be honest. i mean cap and bucky are still better than listening to people talk about the last jedi i, I mean sure yeah. I, at, at this point anything is better right. than that there's nothing wrong with sebastian Stand stands. Cannot believe that is now officially in the dictionary. I believe oh it. I can't believe Yeet isn't though, because like I use that more on a daily basis than I do Stan. That is true. I've never used stands. I don't know what that means. Do you like, appreciate, or respect the character slash person? Yes. You stand that person. Stand it's a verb. Yes, it's okay. a verb. It can also be a noun. <laughs> the best part about English is that you can make any noun into a verb, and it makes sense. Pretty good. Like Alex, Alex today. <laughs> Alex, Alex is most days yep. unfortunately red reds most days <laughs> but ask not for whom oh wait i can't make that joke that uses my last name and we don't do that on this podcast never mind <laughs> oh wait sorry you can cut that part out i just got your joke and that's a really good joke i don't, <laughs> it. I, don't la- I know your last name <laughs> yeah, just you in case i'm a yerk so cut that all smart. out but that's that's quality i i never thought of that one here before. i'll i'll message everyone someone else say something <laughs> something yeah i knew something <laughs> <laughs> Way to buy us some time, Christina. <laughs> are there intermissions in this show? <laughs> there are divergence. Hmm. We're so kind if I of disappear anyone. for five minutes, that's fine. <laughs> Do you need to disappear for a few minutes? Yeah, it's been three days since, I mean, oh. <laughs> I just need to not be here for five minutes. It's gotcha. fine. <laughs> Go eat some oatmeal. It'll be That's okay. fine. We, It'll be great. we can drone on and on. <laughs> I will See? be right back, everybody. Don't mind me. That was a good You're one. all doing great. Technology is ever-evolving. It touches every part of our lives, both influencing and being influenced by society. I'm Ian Arbuck, and I know it's hard to stay on top of everything you need to know to live in this digital world. That's why every month on The Extra Dimension, we explore a different aspect of the technological convergence. Find it on our website, thenexus.tv, or by searching for The Extra Dimension in your favorite podcast player.
Welcome back. Hello, I'm back. Yes, me. The big fuck you, Marco, for me. I mean, there's a lot in this book. And Jake so tries many. to justify him. And I'm just like, I get it. By the end of the series, I will write my entire paper on Marco as a character. However, that is not it. Here it is. Rachel <laughs> called me. I called the others. Marco said something that he didn't really mean about Cassie not being an Animorph anymore. So she wasn't our problem. Fuck you, Marco. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That one Rachel, I can't really, I can't defend. Rachel knocked him on his butt. Yeah. Go, Rachel. I, I kind of feel Marco feeling betrayal at Cassie leaving and then so kind of like trying to shove her away to deal with it. But at the same time, was like you don't say stuff like yeah. that yeah right? it'd be one thing if like at any point there had been like him getting upset or like kind of admitting that he felt betrayed but really it was just like nah fuck you cassie you went out the rest of us went out too while we're on the section of the book where jake is narrating can we just all stop and appreciate how great structurally it is that that cassie foreshadows you know there's gonna be a part of this book with it i'm not in way ahead of time to kind of set up some oh well who knows what happens she's got this yerk here and she's not gonna be in part of a book and all of that like it does actually set up some some stakes doing that yeah yeah i, I was like it, it really bought me into wanting to finish when she said that because it was so different than the other books it's okay well what what would cause that you know i mean especially that for go ahead i was gonna say especially that back to back with the yeah i used to think yerks were evil too yeah i'm just ready for a character to die so that tim just doesn't assume that everything's happy-go-lucky and okay by the end of a book. Yeah, I mean, Tim, you said you figured there was no way we lost Cassie, but you are you are leaving out one particularly obvious option. Who says that Tobias and X have to keep sharing a book, or that we can't get a new team member ever? I mean, uh, nothing. Nothing says that. I would just be surprised if at the end of this book series, everybody doesn't happily ever after. You know you what I'm really, saying? really, really think. We almost had a suicide in book three. Yeah. And you yeah, still think no. everybody's gonna get the happy ending. Well, Okay, a happy ending. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you I... You think everybody's going to survive this series yeah. at this point? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember if and how the series ends, so like, I was kind <laughs> of under the assumption that, yeah, they'd all live happily ever after if eventually. If the series yeah. ends. I mean, I guess I guess happily ever after is a poor way to say that, because I don't know, maybe they have to fight the Irks forever. I don't know. Maybe it's not a... Maybe that's some condition of living at the, after. But I don't see uh, this book series killing any of the main characters. Maybe they're just all such broken monsters by the time that it's over that they only wish they were dead maybe i mean what is life but a way to not want to live (laughs) (laughs) that was really dark i apologize that's okay i do remember being freaked out as a kid like cassie quitting in this book because we didn't know what was coming i probably did read the preview before reading it to see if she was in it and i don't remember if she actually is i didn't read it this time she is in it though i feel like if a character were gonna die it'd be x just because he wasn't he wasn't there in the beginning oh i was about to ask why you thought you'd get the x nice (laughs) but no yeah that's that's the only reason and it's it's not from any kind of like story beat or anything just like he wasn't one of the original five so if anybody was gonna go it'd be him i don't know i guess because i've read so much of michael grant's stuff and i've actually heard that like uh ka applegate's new series is a little dark too i just i don't know michael grant has a good way of killing people so (laughs) part of me is like no characters never make it to the end what are you talking about (laughs) they're all gonna die (laughs) that'd be something if there was like a completely different five by the end of this <laughs> series i would not like that i would be very very <laughs> sad yeah i mean yeah. unless it happened very very slowly and not predictably 
It just didn't kill and, like, recast. Yeah. <laughs> if it was like, oh, no, here we are struggling. And then, oh, wait, we've met a new member who maybe fills the void. Functionally, not emotionally. And then, like, <laughs> well, because I'm, I'm very big on the whole, you can't really replace a pet. But you can kind of replace the pet. You can have a new pet friend. <laughs> you get a new pet friend. And then they're a new pet friend. And they're a new pet friend. And they're not the same pet friend. But they're a pet friend. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we make it far enough into a future where Rachel where Rachel cooks and eats Tobias with barbecue sauce. No! No! no. I would... I would boycott life. (laughs) I second you on that. Like, I would walk into the woods and you wouldn't see me again until they wrote an edit where it wasn't fucked up. (laughs) I'm just really excited for the last book. It's gonna be great. And then this podcast will be over in its current incarnation. Oh no, yeah, we... Oh, in its current incarnation, yes. So, Karen tells Cassie that the Yerk did try to stop her at the end. Um, Do you think... This is going to have any repercussions from the earth. I have been privy to a conversation previously that I think relates to this book. So I will keep my big bazoo shut. I have no idea if that was with me or not. My memory is terrible. So if it was with me, I don't remember it. I don't know if anything will happen to Aftran. I, I would hope that the Yerks were more organized and then to let an unhosted Yerk just swim about in their pool forevermore without any consequence, especially since they're trying to colonize our planet why would they just let her basically lays about in their pool free of charge without pulling her weight around like yeah i don't also, think this is gonna go well for her forever how does karen not get another how does karen get this york out of her head but doesn't get another york host i it's not explained but i i mean obviously you read the book um but i theorize that um aftran like trained Karen on how to act so that it seemed like when they stuck her head back in the pool and after I didn't go in she knew how to act so that it seemed like after Anne was in her head so that I still have to go back I don't know I just the fact that Karen comes up at the end the fact that Karen's just not killed it doesn't make a whole lot of I sense. think no. there's an easy an easy out here. What's the easy out? She plants a bunch of packets of instant oatmeal on her person the next time she goes back to the pool and gets kicked out. Yeah, like, well, I see I was maybe? thinking she just rode the family pet. Like she what? just jumped out of Karen and into the little family dog or whatever and rode the family dog back to the Yerk pool. Oh. Yeah, that was my thought. But still, like they picked Karen specifically because they want to keep tabs on her dad. It's true. So at some point they're going to realize that they're not getting any information from this kid. So Karen's gonna have to convince them that Aftran ate oatmeal and went insane. She is a child. <laughs> she is not the 35-year-old mom complaining to the manager. I mean, maybe okay. Aftran hung it, rode around long enough to convince the Yerk pool of that herself and then pieced. May- She's gotta be if- in the Yerk pool. She's not in another body. What if every now and then Karen, like, obviously, so, okay, we've established that Karen has to go back to the Yerk pool every three days, even without Aftran. What if every once in a while, Aftran still pops in and it's like, okay, tell me what you know and I'll tell them some lies and we'll peace out and it's good. She's not really taking a host so much as she is like... Narking on her get- dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, how the fuck is she getting to this York Bowl? She is a child. Yeah, that's true too. Like, what the fuck? She sketches. True, fair. Wait, how is an eight-year-old sketching? Carefully. Eight-year-olds can ride skateboards and hold on to bumpers, too. I couldn't as an eight-year-old. Is that what you call that? Yes. (laughs) Have you not caught up with the McElboys? No. Oh, Tim, I'm so sad for the life you're living. It is a combination of skate and hitching. Skitching. You're hitching a skate ride on a car. Funny, cool. 
I mean, it was the 90s, so maybe, but also, I just, there's a lot of open-endedness, and I don't, I, I'm happy that this does kind of have a happy ending of a three-way peace treaty of some sort, but it also isn't feasible. It's like when I saw Anastasia on stage, and they were like, the Russian guy let this, the Russian government let this guy go who couldn't catch Anastasia, and everything's okay, and it's like, yeah, that's, that doesn't go with the Russian government, I know. Spoilers for the Broadway period. adaptation of Anastasia, which has already No closed. one should see it! Well, it's not good. No one has. That's why it closed. I've seen it. It's not great. It's not. You sit there and you're like, oh no, who am I supposed to be rooting for here? I don't like it. Especially since the only version I've seen is my favorite version of Phantom of the Opera. And I'm told that's the bad version. So it's like, well, where do I go from there? I don't know. I just don't. You people enjoy musical theater more than anybody I know (laughs) and rage about musical theater more than anybody I know. Okay, this is why I've given up seeing musical adaptations of movies because Anastasia the movie is a wonderful part of my childhood and has a big scary man that is supernaturally enhanced and he's the bad guy. When you take him out and have the Russian government or the Russian people that overthrew this monarchy it sits there and makes you go who the fuck are you supposed to be rooting for here also you're still telling me anastasia but also this was okay not a good thing but not a bad thing either also they cut fraser crane's bat character that's they yeah the fact that the bat's not in there and then they still try to keep the melody of the song it's a whole lot of badness okay i was very very disappointed my heart broke i saw this for my birthday last year i just just was bad so are you not going to see not going to see uh uh uh, pretty Women with What's-Her-Name from Les Mis in it? No, but I will be seeing Waitress. That is the last one I will be breaking this for because, goddamn, it's Jeremy Jordan. Also, Sarah Bareilles wrote the music, so I will be seeing it. But no, I have no interest in seeing Pretty Woman, even though I do like the woman that starred in it. Samantha Barks. There we Thank go. Thank you. And all you this just... is relatable to aliens and children with this supernatural power of Morgan because... <laughs> because the, the... Despite the fact that the Yorks are a little disorganized, Visitor 3 is super disorganized. Oh, very. If they put someone in a cushy job of watching this guy that they're thinking about turning and to put it in the child is a bad idea instead of the mom yeah but two i don't see them actually letting this child go free i really don't if i okay if i were a year or any part of the year empire yeah this would all re yeah yeah <laughs> this is i mean we're very much in the hypothetical there's no way i'm an alien from space inhabiting a human person's body and i definitely don't not identify with their given slash born name question mark uh cough cough um if i were a yerk <laughs> i would balk at the disorganization of these people because like if if you're supposed to give a report on everything you're you as a um uh, a host of the yerk sees hears and knows then like karen would be fucked she'd be fucked she just yeah. couldn't because like she's supposed to be a controller and if she doesn't report back every few days they're like oh the yerk died we have to kill her but or put a new yerk in her yeah or something. something so assuming that she comes back every three days and like haha I'm still a controller but she doesn't give any reports and they're like well what are we keeping you around for and then they would kill her like seriously the disorganization here the the lack of follow-up especially knowing a certain wink future events um yeah it's just a happy moment for the sake of a happy moment and while I do like happy moments it's one's not quite earned if Cassie did a dumb thing if they did replace Aftran would that put Karen in a in a New York state of mind it would put the Animorphs back at risk because she still knows Cassie's human. I think someone growled at that one. <laughs> no, I just inhaled deeply. <laughs> I 
just don't see Karen going free for long. And I think yeah. Cassie's still in danger. While we're on uh, structure and organization, I did enjoy Aftran's uh, rant about high-ranking vissers just playing politics with each other and not actually doing their jobs. <laughs> yeah. This, I think we've talked before about wanting like a Yerk Place comedy. Yes. A York workplace comedy, which like I'm naming York Place. <laughs> oh yeah, Yorks and Rec, that's what we talked about. Yes. Um that just reiterates that I want like I want that low level subvisor at highest uh uh workplace York comedy. Yeah. She reports the subvisor nineteen. She's terrified of losing her gun. It's all great. Also, who gives a child a, a gun? Well, it was a Hork Bajir's yeah. gun. She took it. She wasn't supposed to, so I'm gonna say Aftran. Oh, I thought she was it was a to her. No, she she makes a statement at Cassie about how she's going to be in trouble because when you're assigned your gun, if you lose it, it's a big deal. And she took hers without anyone's permission, yeah. so she's going to be in twice the trouble. It was assigned. Yeah. And Cassie's like, well, shrug, not my problem. Yeah, and, no, it was assigned uh, to her when she was still in the Hork Bashir. She even says like, it's too heavy for my weak child arms. It's the size and and weight of one yeah. for a Hork Bashir. So it was issued, but it was issued previous host. Is Afrin really upset that her brother is dead? You know what? She mentions it once and then doesn't mention it again, so yeah. I'm not sure. I think it's more that like she's not into what's going on and realizes that could have been her if she didn't swap assignments. Yeah. That's more my read. It's not so much... I mean, I think there's a little bit that and she mentions it two or three times. It comes up occasionally. She does but, look at the view to see if Cassie, when Cassie killed him. Yeah. But I think it's the more memory. just like, a, this life is not for me. Tim, you're doing that quiet again. We stopped what talking about musicals. You can you can yeah. jump back in. Oh, I, I, I was talking about the book. trying to think if she was actually upset about her brother or not. And honestly, it didn't cross my mind that she might not be. That's fair. I just, you know, like, yeah. it, but, but you do make a good point that it was just like, oh, and by the way, uh, you killed my brother. You ripped his throat out right in front of me yeah. and then like just doesn't revisit it it's like okay was it really that impactful or was she just making a point because unless they were twins which she doesn't say explicitly she's like that brother was like one of 300 of them yeah, yeah. um yeah th- yeah think- no point does it feel like a revenge mission yeah i think they were closer than most york siblings typically are but it was kind of just an excuse for her to like express these other feelings about the war and the people they were against yeah. well i mean it's so much like like programming right it's the kind of thing you see in in wartime environments where you have basically a population forced into conscripted service where you're fed the propaganda over and over that if you do to the point where if you do like actually question is this right should i be doing this do i believe in this like part of the way you get people to hang on to conflict that they don't really believe in is to make it personal and to do the hey they killed your brother hey they're taking your jobs hey whatever like this is i think very much like that that sort of programming of being part of the yerk machine that she's hanging on to because she knows really what she wants is just to get out of it and feel stuck yeah i mean you don't go to a cushion cushiony job if you don't you're buying into the propaganda yeah if if i can go off topic just for a second here has anybody else noticed the little tiny jedi dog behind meg 
It might be the cutest thing I've ever seen. You missed like every the conversation. She... He's really mad at me right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. For reasons discussed prior to the episode we're yeah. on. I just, like, that's what every time Meg pops on the screen, that's all I can look at is the little dog because it would just adjust. His name is Charlie, right? His name yeah. is Charlie, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very confusing because I named the computer that I'm working on currently. His name is Charles. Okay. You can call him Jose. It's okay. He responds to that too. Wait, my com- Oh, your dog? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, how do you know what my computer responds <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, she's <laughs> she's been hacking it this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's why we really asked you on. No, yeah. now we have the secrets <laughs> of the York Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you! This computer has been defunctional since like 2018. That's a long time. Uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, this modern day and age that kind of is a long time. There's been like 200 memes since the start of the year. So like. <laughs> It all depends on how you track information. I mean, that's basically <laughs> a quarter of the lifespan of a cell phone. That's true. Yay, how consumerism. How long does a normal cell phone last? They want you to replace them every two years. That's garbage. Uh-huh. What? Consumer culture, conspicuous consumption, turning the Christina's... world into a pile of shit. Christina says as she pulls out her Nokia. <laughs> I don't have a, I have a Samsung. I used to have a Nokia. Is that notable? Um, question mark? It was the only dated phone I could think <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, I think it was, that was the joke. The yeah. Zach Morris special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does she know who Zach Morrison? Do you know who Zach Morrison? Saved by the Bell. I I know a Zach Morrison who writes a web comic. I read. Yeah, that's not the same person. Oh my god. Okay, gosh. then no. Yeah, no. Do you know how often I reference Zach Morrison a day? No, I don't see you every day. Five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred times. Like uh, probably four to five times a day. Whenever I hear anything about a harebrained plan, I reference Zach Morris. Then this definitely is... not around me because Shiny. I've never said that phrase. This is <laughs> this is why whenever Tim snaps his fingers everyone around him freezes while he monologues uh, to a non-existent <laughs> audience that makes sense oh dear i just wondered if yeah. you if you if you don't know that i do that then you're one of the frozen ones hey tim let it go yeah, yeah nice i just watched frozen and <sighs> i've never seen it How have you never seen frozen i don't know it just happens I, that way it's a pretty decent movie i don't i can't explain the fan hype about it but it's a pretty decent movie all i know is in kingdom heart 3 she sings a song and it just laughed so much I'll so I should finish Kingdom Hearts 3 at the point. <laughs> this conversation's off the rails. Anything We're else very... we want to discuss about the book? I I don't know if it's about the book or about Cassie in general, who is a part of a book, but I relate to her a lot. Like, I'd want to be the person who's like, like, I don't think she's morally superior to anyone, but like, she's definitely aware of the consequences of her actions, and I very much value that in me as a person, trying to be aware of what I'm doing so that I harm as little people as possible. Like, in my life and day-to-day business so like i highly respect cassie i don't know if that goes here or later cassie's the best cassie is not best but i do like her cassie's the best i'm getting contradictory opinions here <laughs> probably because i don't know <laughs> rachel is also very good cassie rachel is the best is very good sometimes I, it's not even that it's not even that it's I have very conflicting feelings about Cassie, but it's also because I remember the entire series. Oh, I don't. See, I'm I'm in the position where, like, if I'm going along and I have to make these life or death decisions, I'd be like, I really don't like this. I don't feel like I should decide if people live or die. That feels more I like Marco want... to whine about it, though. I don't want people to be dead because of me. I also don't want to be dead because of other people, though, so violence. Which is why I say I want to be Rachel, but, like, I think I am Cassie. <laughs> I just there's something about 
Cassie is supposed to be the moral background of this. And I get that. But she is still incredibly reckless and puts the entire group at risk. Like, it's cool if you don't want to do this, you don't want to be a part of this. She did a lot of stupid stuff for the sake of being moral and saving a child that could have easily gotten all of her friends killed. Okay, and but... I, fair. I like, don't think she considers that enough. She doesn't, but she's very she's selfish like, in a selfless way. It's, it's like, yeah, but I think that is a very reckless mindset to have, and that is, you, I think... You say selfless, I say idealistic. If... I said selfish in a selfish self way. Yeah. If she is not going to kill Karen, mm-hmm. there is no more harm done by putting the Yerk in her own head willingly than there is by any other outcome that is not killing Karen. Numerically, anyway. To tie Karen up for three days, find a cave. They found a cave. Tie Karen up to something in there for three days. And Karen also loses the leg. Yeah, that's true too. We have but no like, idea. Still, she, by that point, honestly, the fact that Karen didn't lose her leg after this leopard dragged her around is again just like a weird happy ending that this book wanted to have. Numerically speaking, like, the difference between Cassie and Karen is minimal. The only difference is that Cassie has the ability to morph. She has this, like, extra numerical thing. She's, like, 1.5, let's say. Uh, so, like... (sighs) But my point is, even if any non- any non-Karen side option still ends in Cassie getting a yerk in her head, except the outcome of the exact- exact thing she does. Karen side. (laughs) Him. I just <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't That's... agree and I think Cassie even states herself that she doesn't think about the group enough. Risky as it decision. is it works out because of the things she does. It, it works is... out because Cassie is the stand-in for K.A. Applegate and she wanted to have a happy ending. This book ending does not make enough sense. Preach. In a, in a void Cassie's decision to let the yerk in her head makes sense but knowing that the other Animorphs are nearby and knowing that controllers are nearby and letting them then letting Aftran into her head is not a sensical thing to do unless you value your own moral standing in the world above the actual standing of the world if that makes any sense like she's just like what's right what's wrong am I adding to the negative am I adding to the positive and for I love I love that so much because that's how I view the world but (laughs) I mean she literally states that she did this and then after like Marco immediately goes oh shit this York now has the ability to morph and it's that thought of like marco realizing it that makes cassie realize oh shit this yerk now has the ability to morph like i'm not a i'm obviously not an animorph but (laughs) so like if it if a yerk turk took me over it'd be like yeah whatever i'm another person whatever um (laughs) i don't know a lot of people i don't got a lot of friends they can't feel a lot for me it's fine (laughs) (laughs) if i were a morpher that'd be dangerous and i would definitely consider that before letting the yerk into my head if karen lived she was gonna get a yerk in her head eventually that's all i'm saying well eventually sons the animorph so would all of them as soon as she had one in her head yeah i'm just saying i get what cassie's supposed to be and i appreciate that and i'm glad it's in that book series but i think ignoring how reckless she is is a dangerous thing to do morality is a very reckless thing it's just adding to the greatness of the series yeah which is something i really respect about it like i don't think i could have appreciated it as an actual 
little child reading this. I just loved Delfanger all the way. That was me. <laughs> but now I'm like, wow, there's a lot of like thought about this, like imperialism, colonialism, growing up, like the, the nature of war. It's like, wow, this is bonkers. It makes me relate to too many things. Manifest Destiny. <laughs> Let's not forget Manifest Destiny. Uh, yeah, that too. I like, absolutely would have missed every inch of that had I read this when I was a child. Oh, same thing. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Most kids uh, do, but also I think it also shaped a lot of kids' beliefs. Yeah. I think there would have been there would have been an attraction to the drama of it though, without really understanding why. Like I'd have been like, oh, these are these are compelling stories. I wouldn't have used the word compelling, but these I would have. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I would have I said compelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have given full credit as to why they were compelling stories. I, I, I dare say they're even more compelling to me as an individual now than they were when I was a kid. Especially since I have access to more of them now than I did then. Yeah. But, no, but I, I'm so glad this series holds up. I think it's an absolute... I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of is. but Must? It, it, like you have to read it? Or... Like, well, it's, it's a great trait of this book series that we as adults can sit here and argue over them. The, the moral issue that are brought up in this kid's book. Does, does that make sense? Like, you can fall on different sides of it and it's not it's not right or wrong, but you can have strong opinions of it. And actually, that's probably one of the funnest parts of reading this book series for me. It's really good and I enjoy it, but then I enjoy coming here and hearing different opinions about it as much as any other part of it. Yeah, it is less me standing in a void screaming how people that are like, why books bring nothing? And it's like, okay, no. that's have false. Have you read a book? <laughs> I yelled this at a guy recently who was talking about how way is pointless well it's not pointless to me it may i told him he hasn't read the right book yeah. speaking of ya books and tim's allusion earlier to my insistence that there are references to other things in this always that that comment about seeing color for the first time definitely made me think of the giver oh yeah that's a fair point oh it made me think of people who are actually colorblind and the glasses that you can give them that can help them perceive actual oh yeah the full color spectrum there's a book i'm reading oh no i'm not gonna go into it but it has a great moment where the kid realizes he color is blind oh, and no. how he realizes it. There's a meme on Tumblr about a guy who realizes he's colorblind because they're like, ha look at this post and how it compares all the different color blindnesses. Like, is the first and the, like, whatever one the same? It's like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you colorblind. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, fuck Marco? I think we talked about that three or four times. Okay, so just one or two more of those left. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I love Marco so much. <laughs> Tim, I why? do. I don't know. He's, I he's mean, just same. A, like, like, you know, uh, most of the stuff that I hear Alex say about him, after I hear Alex say it, I'm like, not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> still but love I, him. Yes, yeah, still love him. Still I can understand him. Marco as easily as I can any of the rest of the kids. This is the problem. Oh, I understand him. No, yeah. I just don't yeah. like him. Yeah. Why don't you like him? He, I, like, as the person who's been the comedic foil to the rest of the world for such a long time, like, I understand being Marco. But, like, being like, ha ha, here's a joke to try to, like, lessen the suffering everybody's going. I do That's too, not what but I sometimes he's a bit of a shit, and sometimes he punches down, and I don't... Jake makes this a good true. point this about how Marco is not intentionally mean or cruel. He just gets to point from point A to point B yeah, in and a very different manner, and I think that... That's what cruel jerks on Twitter say about themselves, too. Yeah, well, yeah. this was prior to Twitter. Yeah, These are things that have too. been like, yes, there's a lot of Twitter trolls that will love Marco. Look, I'm, I'm not saying that as a kid I hated Marco. That would be a lie. I'm saying in this, 
2019 common era fuck marco I think that a Marco personality is necessary to this group, though. If there wasn't somebody to try to, like, bring it back into, like, light humor, then, like, it would kind of get dark really quickly because the rest of them all have their own moral, emotional constipations, and then Marco's got his own, true, but, like, he's also the only one who's concerned with keeping it light. See, I think think there is plenty of room in an adaptation to make Marco likable. I just think that he has aged poorly over the last 20 years. Yeah, I think that's it. It's just aging poorly. I'd agree with that. I think that's a plenty fair statement. And I think we're doing a Marco book now. How fun. Yes. I cannot wait for the next book. What happened? Wait, no. Tim will predict it in a few minutes. Don't worry. You're right. And he's always accurate. I've never known Tim to be wrong. I have already written out the the, the, the prediction (laughs) and figured out what parts of speech I'm going to ask for for him. Got it so I can write him in the right places. We're we're set for this one. I'm very excited. So, before we do that any technology standpoints we want to talk about uh, i don't think it's really changed other than drones i guess would be used to I mean, help find a lost case. if cassie had a, had a cell phone, phone. Uh, i guess cell yeah. phones but cell phones don't necessarily work in the woods this i don't know true. how much hiking you guys have done but it's not a lot of fun to lose service and then you know your mother who goes hiking on her own and doesn't tell people where she's going okay but okay so like even if you have a cell phone and it doesn't connect to the internet you can still get like sometimes sometimes not all the time sometimes you can get an uh uh, a broad map going so like if you can it can kind of it can't pinpoint where you are but it can be like i think you're in this area cassie would have it a would satellite have phone shown, it would have shown where cassie went into the river which yeah. her dad figured out so that yeah. would not have been helpful cassie would have no. a satellite phone probably yeah i don't feel like cassie would have any kind of phone well after them animorphs maybe like I... if i were part of a superhero group i'd probably get a cell phone although maybe <laughs> they would have all phone. ditched the cell phones because they're too traceable oh that's true maybe they would have just gotten pagers like doctors on tvs <laughs> and that's where we're back to paging horses <laughs> <laughs> like a doctor's on tv <laughs> on tvs oh, i said specifically <laughs> Now they just have secret text messaging apps. Is they do. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, dumb. Okay. They're like encrypted no. and you've got to be able to sign into them and all that jazz. Listen, if you have an iPhone, actually probably any kind of phone, there are apps that parents can put on there to see everything you type. You need a secret text messaging thing. Yeah. I had to explain this to my coworker. I knew that, but like I hoped it wasn't true for doctors. Your parents <laughs> and the NSA. I mean, your doctors are sexting while they're surgery. I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Can we go to Animal Facts before this goes down a really weird train of thought? Uh, guess what I don't have. Oh, we don't that? have Animal Facts this week? I don't I don't think I have any Animal Facts this week. I might have something okay. saved. Uh, this is running a little long, so it's okay. Wait, I might have a couple Animal Facts off the top of my head. Oh, please do. <laughs> um, scientists recently discovered that seaweed might be the cure to cows in the methane problem. Feeding cows, it cuts down on approximately 80% of the methane that they produce when they eat regular grass, reducing their carbon dioxide production and global fucking warming. So instead of fixing humans, we're going to fix cows. Uh, yeah. You By know, we're going to go with the, quote, easy route, end quote. God, I love this world. Thereby resulting in Midwestern politicians complaining about coming after the cattle farming industry the same way they did when the mayor of New York declared Meatless Mondays. Yep. Prob- I mean, I don't know what that's about, but and like, it sounds cow disease? stupid. Yeah. Fun fact, I was in England for the cat- mad cow disease, which is probably why I stutter so much. <laughs> 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 All right. So-
so at some point, until after there is a giant episode of fanfic, we're just not going to talk about it until that episode yeah. comes out. Yeah, we're going to catch up in its own special bonus episode. There, we've said it. We have to do it. Nice. Okay. I think we've said it a few times, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> just, just once. All right. Uh, any listener questions, emails? We have a new review. I don't know where the window went. Let me reopen it. Okay. We have a new review on Apple Podcasts by Twitchmo, who is a member of our Discord, who writes, Tim, pay attention to this subject line. I think it might sound familiar to you. Okay, I'm listening. They're lopsided, but they seem like cool dudes. fantastic twitchmo writes i have loved revisiting these books and the hosts are great tour guides on that visit would be fun and engaging even if i didn't have a deep love of and nostalgia for the source material definitely worth checking out thank you twitchmo (laughs) that makes me so happy me too all right um tim any predictions this one is called the discovery yes what are we discovering uh so that was that was going to be my prediction was that we discover something. No, you um, stop. Feed so general. Okay. <laughs> All right. So at my first thought was that somehow the Andalites were not who we thought they were because we were talking about good Yurks in the last book. But then I thought that was kind of silly. So also that was I the was, book where they go to space. Yeah. 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 So um, I think that it's going to be some kind of new alien technology. So not Andalite toilet. Not Andalite toilets. Like something that's actually effective. Which, by the way, I love that in this book. Best call back yes Yes. absolutely absolutely it was i was flush with excitement (laughs) what if i told you that yet again we maybe somehow referenced what's coming next in this episode already then i missed it (laughs) we do this in every episode we do at this point but that's the joy i completely missed it all right but that's tim i need a team name the predators (laughs) i'm sorry they lost. okay i know i need a noun um swords i need a job uh investment banker do you think chapman shows up in the next book you know we haven't seen chapman in a minute have we nope hit me with a uh proper name a proper noun a name a character a person whoever you want um yorick brown are you reading those books nope just always in my head (laughs) a verb ending in ed an action verb specifically um jaywalked jaywalked <laughs> this is like a look inside of tim's mind <laughs> uh give what me happened today give me another fictional character tim um mr magoo okay uh and a place um philadelphia all right let me just feed this into prediction bot here beep beep boop boop <laughs> The last thing the Predators want to do is share their swords with an investment banker named York Brown. But he has jaywalked Mr. Magoo's blue box. And now the Predators have to get it back before it lands in Philadelphia. Okay, so what I'm gathering from that is that maybe it's not a new alien tech, but there probably is an alien tech. Do it, do it. Come on, Tim, you can get there. You can get there, you're so close. Based on that, I feel like somebody either lost or stole a morphing cube. Yeah, you did it, Tim! <laughs> I mean, we don't know what happened to the morphing cube that Elfangor had. No, we don't. We don't. So, but we probably will. stole is less, uh, less uh, like, is more appropriate than lost since we didn't really have it. Yeah. But who had it then? In that sense. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know, Tim? You don't know everything? No. You figured it out? It turns out I know not a lot. <laughs> Tim! Tim is the Jon thought- Snow of this podcast. This is make sense what what is what why what
Wouldn't you think it would have had to have been Viscer Three would have picked up the morphine? I cube? would freaking hope so. Yeah. If, uh, who, who else? If could Viscer it have Three been? had the morphine cube, then the Yurks would have morphine powers. That's true. But who else would have picked it up? Viscer like Three picked was... it up. Viscer One then stole it off his desk and hid it in a cosmic dumpster. <laughs> Capital D. Capital I mean, D. Let's be fair. Everybody thought it blew up on the ship, right? He had it in his hand when Viscer Three ate him. So it yeah. wound up in an Andalite toilet. <laughs> But Visser 3 didn't know about the Andalite toilet. What do you think he poops in? Well, we've just we've established <laughs> a, a he doesn't poop. Fucking toilet? Never mind. Andalites yeah. don't poop. That's right. Um, and obviously okay. he doesn't. He's the one who doesn't understand the Andalite toilet. So even if he did poop, he's not doing it right. <laughs> wait, how does he inhabit an? Wait, wait. If he doesn't inhabit an Andalite, how does he not hope know how Andalites poop? <laughs> Because uh, according to Alex, Andalites don't poop. Andalites Which don't I poop. still don't agree with. But. but they have an Andalite toilet. We've, like, asked. Yeah, we've that. tried. We've tried. Don't worry. Can, I'm not they, caught up. And this is one of the things I'm not caught up on is Alex's dismissal of Andalite toilet. They can eliminate like, waste in other ways that they might collect. He in ate a, a shit ton of protein. <laughs> That's a great way to phrase that, by the way. That was not intentional. And Be- as soon as beautifully I it, done. And I started laughing. He metabolizes <laughs> it like caffeine. That's not, that's not how bodies work. That's how Andalite bodies do. No. It's, no. I refuse. I do too. Look. I'm going to dismiss this in my uh, actual fan fiction. I am going it's to. Not, there you go. It's not that, canon. Thus it will become canon. Guys, this is. I'm going to refute your ever. dismissal. That's not true. I'm going to refute your dismissal in my children's book, Everybody Poops Except Andalites. <laughs> I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> but which I mean I love it but I love to hate it it's a terrible dichotomy it's like right? Marco yeah this yeah. podcast is the Marco of Animorphs podcasts amen Lord. just hopefully it ages better I don't know if I it will like, I hope I hope Marco turns out to be like a pretty decent dude with just like a snarky attitude cause if he's just like a snarky guy with an okay attitude that's a lot worse hold on I'm doing that math you'll have to come back to me in a minute <laughs> what it's math like are a, you doing? Uh, it's like a minus two plus one versus <laughs> a, <laughs> shit, I don't know how to quantify it's the difference number. between the doctor and Sherlock but I like both of those guys <laughs> But the doctor. Yeah, but one of them is, is less admittedly, of yeah. One of them is admittedly shittier than the other one. Are they? I'm actually yes. starting to question my own it premise. Dep- which one is shittier? It depends which doctor, but Sherlock. The doctor is, is an intergalactic asshole, and he thinks he knows everything. And granted, a lot of times he does, but the same can be said of Sherlock. What? But I think Sherlock is more likely to go, "Yeah, I'm an asshole." Okay, is that a more humanizing aspect, or is that like a "Wow, fuck you" kind of aspect? I, I call it the latter. Stating a fact. I just think it's stating a fact. He knows. <laughs> but he's not going to do anything about it. Nope. I'm, the doctor, I'm on more... the other hand, will go into a depression spiral if you tell him he's an asshole. Same. Um... <laughs> Thank God you're not. <laughs> I mean, like, please call me out, but also I will crash and burn. <laughs> There's no need to call you out. Are you sure? Are you absolutely certain that yes. I haven't been a complete and utter asshole? You've been yes. amazing. Absolutely certain no. this has been a lot of fun. Aww. And why don't you go ahead and and self-promote for a minute. Okay, well, uh, my name is Christina Spinks. You can, I also go by Red. You can find me at chaosdoesart.tumblr.com or chaosdoesart.instagram.com. I'm not really sure how Instagram still works. 
Um, <laughs> you can find, you can also message me directly at b.sphinx.animator.com. And if you want me to do cool art for you, that's where you can find me to do it. Um, so I look forward to all of your messages. I expect hundreds <laughs> and hundreds and hundreds. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to keep up with them all, but, uh, just keep drawing I'll do me my cafe ghosts, Christina. Absol absolutely. I'll do my best. <laughs> so what did you say that email was? C dot sphinx dot animator dot er, sorry at gmail.com I always goof it up <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I gave myself a complicated email but I did <laughs> It's a, but there's a bunch of different ways you can find me. So, like, just find me. You'll, you'll be good. If you can find me, that's a rite of passage. Yeah. You'll get 10% off. It'll be great. You can also be found on our Discord. I was going to say. Yeah, that too. Currently, I am at a rare horse. <laughs> or, wait, no. Yeah, no. I'm at a rare horse. It might change too. My name is Red soon. So, keep keep an eye out for that. You're going to change your name? I don't know. Having nicknames is fun in Discord. This is true. Like, I change mine basically frequently. <laughs> I was I gonna say once a life. week, but it's been a little while. Well, have you considered Meg the intergalactic asshole porg? No, because hey. I'm still watching Supernatural. Okay, but it, it will probably change as Avengers is coming out tomorrow. So I'll probably go back to something Captain Marvel related. Yeah. Okay, so now I gotta figure out a way to do our social media stuff. Find us at <laughs> at Minds at York on Facebook, Tumblr. No, not Tumblr. Not that one. No, Twitter. What's up? Okay. <laughs> do you need a Tumblr? I can set up a Tumblr for you. We I do not need a Tumblr. Tumblr. <laughs> I know how to Tumblr. All right. Well, we would like to, again, thank you, Christina. Aw. For both our show art and being on. Um, I'm debating, like, to read all this again, but you know what? I'm going to. Again, if you're interested in getting some cool art from her, email her at c.spinks.animator at gmail.com or visit her at Chaos Does Art on Instagram. You can keep our social meets. We are at Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, Questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at mindsatyork at gmail.com or hit us up on social media or hit us up on Discord. Our website is mindsatyork.com. Yerk is spelled Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We are available on all your podcatching choices. If you cannot find us, let me know and we will add you to whatever it is. Go ahead, Alex. All right. That's all I got. Somebody say when. When? It wasn't going to just walk away this time. All right. <laughs> I've been Megan. I'm Alex. I'm Tim. I'm Christina. Fuck Marco. <laughs> no. I don't even. I don't even know if I should do it until then. We fight. There you go. <laughs> until then, we fight. Question mark. <laughs> Question Marco. Are we fighting over Marco? Yeah. <laughs>